0: Save it for the. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Over 50. Starting over,
1: I'm Barry Edwards. And I'm Merle Garrison.
0: And it's August 27th, 2021. How are you today, man?
1: I'm doing great. I can't believe that uh, it's already at the end. We're at the end of summer.
0: Thank God. Because it's been so hot and humid here. In fact, just the other day, like Monday or something, I saw in the news that this is the fifth most humid. Uh, summer here since 1944. I think it is. What? And most that was up, humid. And it has been so humid this entire wow. week. We're probably up to third most now. It is. I I go to the gym. And even the gym, all air-conditioned and everything, yeah. all of these great big uh, windows up there uh, yeah, are, they are all... full of condensation.
1: Yes, yes. You
0: can't hardly see out of
1: them. It's uh, uh, You're like in a terrarium in there.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to put it. And I'm a big summer guy. I I love being outside and everything. And it's it's kind of like winter, a harsh winter, where it's, yeah. it's prohibitive. Like, oh, right. for instance, uh, this last Sunday, I went to the Browns game with my buddy, Brian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the electrical safety training right. guy. Yeah, I talked yeah. about my client that turned into one of my best friends. Just How cool is
1: that? I love that.
0: Very cool. I got a good story here to uh, start off our, oh, we typically lead off with kind of a self-improvement career section. Something right, like right. that. We morph into something either metaphysical or uh, current events, of course. Boy, we a lot going on there, huh? Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. So we go to the game. It's 90 degrees and humid. Oh, yeah. oh brutal, these beautiful seats in uh, the air-conditioned club side. But of course, oh. outside it's not air-conditioned, but anyway, yes, right? so it's a preseason game. So it's only about the stadium's about a quarter of the way full. And so I'm looking at the 50-yard line on the other side of the stadium where there's a whole lot of open seats, like the best seats you can get right down there. Right. You know? right. So at halftime, it's like, yeah, we go over there and oh, I just sit sitting down in those seats was like ah ah ah."
1: those plastic seats were so hot oh my gosh and i could
0: only last a quarter i was i was gonna pass out i was just dying you know we had a like an eight dollar beer by the time i'm at the bottom of that thing the beer was hot
1: (laughs) i bet (laughs) it was almost boiling down there yeah
0: so we got out of there but um you know, he's doing really well with his business. And this is kind of what I wanted to talk about because we were talking the whole time about business and other mm-hmm. stuff and joking around. And so he's, it's a good story. It's a good old 050 story. He started out as an electrician, you know, a certified electrician. He got a job at the uh, Perry nuclear power plant mm. and moved his way into training. Now, if you could imagine, uh, to train people in safety in a nuclear power plant is top tier. Like he, yeah, he had to be so well trained and certified in order to do that. So there's a huge, he recognized there's a huge niche in the private industry because there are OSHA regulations that you have to have people, anyone that's touching electrical equipment. Um like, custodian or anything, not to mention electricians within your, uh, within your um, staff, but uh, Mm. floor people uh, Mm -hmm. in your factory, all all these people need to be trained with a degree of electrical safety training. Yeah. And uh, so he recognized the need for that on a private basis. And so he did. And this is a typical for how I get my clients they start off on their own they make their own website realize they're not getting any leads whatsoever going nowhere and so after they get past that stage and he found me because i did a a, a talk at uh, uh lakeland on on uh, oh. on lead generation
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. And, uh huh uh huh that's how you guys met
0: that's he called me yeah he i got you yeah that's how he found me and so I put together a whole online presence for him. first I did it, I gave him a proposal where I showed him how uh, theoretically we're going to get into the black and how quickly right and right. what we needed to do to get there. And boy, I blew those numbers out of the water. I always do. I never miss those. I always go very conservatively.
1: Good. And
0: uh, so he got a great jump on things. You know, I did his search engine optimization. So he was getting out there. We're getting leads in left and right. And then um, he I, and hats off to him. Pat myself on the back here. But he's such a good guy that once somebody meets him, everybody wants to work with him. Mm. He just landed Tesla. Oh, uh,
1: their headquarters nice. in
0: Austin. For doing yeah. work there because he got referred by a company that works with Tesla because they like him so much, and so anyways, uh, I I did all of that upfront stuff. He got going. He partnered with a a, a company that they brought him on. They paid him to come on uh, because they do. Uh, ex- I can't think of what you call that, but the electrical it's case studies, the studies oh. up front, he does the training. They do the studies. They're engineers, really uh, big, uh, big jobs, like 70, $80,000 jobs. And then he comes in and does the training for them, uh, safety training. So now he's at this level where his wife, Jeannie, he wants to bring his wife Jeannie on board to do the marketing the okay. stuff that I uh, was maintaining in the past. And Uh, So he does a lot of Google AdWords and stuff like that to bring uh, to bring in clients. But if you do content marketing on a regular basis, you're going to continue the organic leads that I was bringing in, meaning free, Mm -hmm. free in, in as much as as long as you can do have somebody maintaining the content that you're pushing out there. Right out into social media, people are coming back and finding you and it keeps Mm -hmm, you high mm -hmm. in search engine results. So now I'm going to use my training materials that I have kept on ice forever, because I just never pushed it. I've documented my proprietary uh, methods. And Mm -hmm. I have this available, I am going to use her as really a, a, a test subject, so to speak, I'm going to train her to do what I do using my methods, and then I'm going to have her, uh, it'll be able to critique and perfect what my training materials and get the case study, the testimonial and all that, so that now I have a more automated version of what I do.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So it's, uh, and what I want people to come away with, there's a lot of self promo there, obviously, but I wanted to stress Brian's uh, success. Story. Now, this is a blue-collar through and through guy, trades guy, who in his 50s took the leap from a, a, a really comfortable job in the nuclear power plant and uh went out on his own and, and crushed it. There's a lot of trepidation there. He's never done something like that before. There's a lot of limited beliefs there. Hey, I'm just a guy that's always worked for somebody and have made, you know, it's comfortable. Right. Yeah. you know, It's easy uh, for me, but it's a grind. At the same time, it's not my dream. And so he went he, and he took a leap of faith and he pursued his dream, has crushed it. Helped him do it. Took care of the online stuff, but you also got to get your lawyer in line to find out. You know, do you want to incorporate? Do you want to LLC? Uh, just right, simple right. things like that. And you want to get your accountant in line. Get your quick, bu- quick books up and ready. That's so easy. It seems, seems so intimidating. Even mm-hmm. I, I did it on my own with my with my uh, a couple questions answered with my accountant. But um, right, right. I remember when I went out on my own when I was in my twenties. I was twenty seven. Yeah. I had a, I had a I sound like I'm okay. I had a dream. I literally had a dream because I wanted to do it. I was getting frustrated in that, uh, in that, bu- that small business role. I and remember. I mostly hated managing the people.
1: And oh yeah. I was
0: a manager. I became a manager and right. I wasn't doing what I loved.
1: You didn't do That's what happens when you manage You're uh, a your dream. glorified babysitter.
0: There you go. And I had a dream that I went out on my own. And I said to myself, damn, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Mm. And, and I put my two weeks in like right away. My, uh, the owner said something to me as like, once again, uh, and I said, Look, this is my two weeks. And uh, that was a great day uh and you've never looked back since then. i never did look back now yep. i'm not saying i haven't had a lot of struggles man you're not right. on your own it's up over 30 years it's up and down i mean the ups right, and downs right and there's times that you think uh you're living high on the hog and there's other times where it's like i like oh man maybe i need to flip houses or something
1: I, right you know, right
0: uh, yep. and then all of a sudden i make a comeback and i was always reinventing myself as technology changed too got to stay up with things pretty
1: cool story barry
0: Yeah, but I wanted to I wanted to share it from Brian's point of view as a a real blue collar guy, uh, but a solid guy and and took took a chance on himself and really just paid off.
1: And he's is he doing the same kind of thing, but he's doing this for exactly as an independent. Okay, and he's got all that expertise. This is his this is his area. He's he's figured out a way to maximize this and he he needed help to get the word out. Yeah, that's, that's why it, people come to Edwards marketing.
0: It's, yes, Edwards communications and uh, edwardscom.net. And uh, so I've, I've stressed this a lot is that uh, if you've been doing something for a company for all these years, and you're just, you're so much the expert at it that you forgot uh, how much of an expert you are at it. And, but you're, you just always wanted to get out of the grind. Okay, become an independent consultant. It the, It is so available to you right now, mm. now more than ever. So you, you just need to get your online presence together in a very good way. Figure out your value propositions. This is something that uh, I work with clients on a lot. And that is how do you differentiate? over your competition, what makes you unique that they can't reproduce the way you do, because of your experience, your uniquenesses, and maybe proprietary ways that you come to the table. And so that's something I help people with, and I, I just want I really to like that. that. Well, because so many of us we don't realize that we have this available to us now more than ever, and this is kind of what started this whole show. This is what started over fifty. I was years.
1: just thinking about that, Barry. I mean, look, the, what you're doing right now—you're so perfectly positioned to help other people to make a transition. And at yeah. this age, we've all had yeah. so much of the corporate life, and we realize that corporate life isn't necessarily going to make you free. You're probably going to be in bondage uh, of some sort (laughs) to a corporation. doesn't mean that when you go out on your own, it's all, you know, rainbows and lollipops, as you just mentioned, but you're doing this for yourself. You're in charge of your culture. Hey, if the business gets screwed up, it's a hundred percent, your fault. You can't blame it on somebody else for messing it up. Right. But I've seen that happen. Yeah. yeah, you're
0: right. But the, okay, so to that point, the important thing is, is to create partnerships. Okay, like Brian mm. and I really forged a partnership for the first six months, I did a big phase one for him. right? I laid out the roadmap for that. And then after that, because I proved myself with that, I did a phase two for him. And, uh, you know, that just completely launched and solidified. Uh, something of a content marketing process and uh, bringing in those leads on a steady basis. Uh, what, That's so awesome. I wanted what a great to success. Yeah. Go partnerships ahead. because yeah. then also because of how well uh, he does, like is, what a good guy he is. What a solid, honest person that he is. These people, this other company, uh, Roselle that are the engineers that do the electrical uh, case studies Right. Uh, They, they made him an offer to bring them on board because they liked them so much. And, and now they share the same leads back and forth. Mm. Partnerships. Mm. people, Right, right. Partnerships. We're all interconnected out there. We are. Yeah, don't be an island.
1: Hey. Was, and some of the biggest deals I've ever sold in my career had were related to partnerships that we had and I, I never would have even known about these uh, opportunities without having solid partnerships. Go ahead
0: you're, you're an amazing salesperson and in uh, manager of salespeople. And you've always stressed that. That exactly that you don't see people as customers. uh, That's almost like a a predator, Hmm. you know, looking for its prey, you've always seen them as partnerships, I suggest everybody look at people like that. I used to really have a big division between my uh, personal life and my professional life and uh, seeing people as either friends or, or uh, customer clients. And I don't I haven't for years as I have gotten more comfortable with myself. I yeah. just see everybody is a friend now.
1: Boy, that's an interesting thing you're bringing up Barry because you know, I remember as a very young person starting out in management and this was when I was at that amusement park. I was mm-hmm. I was a manager there and I had a team of people working for me and I remember somebody I might have talked about this before. Somebody somebody told me, well, you know, you can't get you, you can't really fraternize uh-huh. with your team like your buddy buddy and you know because you're gonna get in trouble you're not gonna be able to be a good and effective manager for them because they're gonna you know walk all over you or whatever and i've certainly i've seen situations like that too. and 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 i tried to be that way and I, i've been in management a long time in my career probably more than half my career and i know exactly what you're talking about boy i it was fake for me. I couldn't, I couldn't not, here's my problem is that I love people. I mean, I really care about people and I can't help becoming friends with people that I care about. And, um, and I found that when I tried it the other way, the way people told me to try it, I just wasn't being myself. I wasn't being mm-hmm. genuine. And I, I, while I could see the benefits of that, the, the benefit the, the 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 downside was bigger than the benefits for me so I just I I made a switch early on in my career I'm just I'm just me I realize that being friends can be a vulnerability but that's what you, where you have to learn that you know there's a, there's this and there's that. You can be friends, but at work it's work. I mean, you could still be friendly at work, but there was a job to be done, and mm-hmm. and then there's after work, and you're not, you're still the same person. It's just there's different expectations, and I think communicating expectations as a manager is probably the key to uh, to mitigating that situation.
0: I have a theory on that, and it's uh, it's that you are. Even at a younger age, v- much more comfortable with yourself and who you are uh, than most people. And so the whole frat, don't fraternize with your coworkers kind of thing is a protector against ego. And so when you're not. Yeah. You don't have your feet firmly on the ground. And I remember back when I was in my twenties at that agency, I was in my early to mid twenties. And so I'm, and I'm figuring out the business world and all of that, you don't. So when you don't have that experience so that you're just completely comfortable when you walk in a room or have a meeting, you know, you actually got all this anxiety going on underneath the the situation, underneath the scenes, that's, that's, what most people are for the, at least the first half of their lives and many people for their entire lives. And mm-hmm. so they have to go by that blueprint of don't fraternize because people will use that against you. They'll pull right. you in and then, you know, turn the tables on you and all of that. But if your feet are firmly on the ground and you know who you are and your heart is open and you don't have this anxiety field between you two, uh, then you're going to come from a place of truth. And you
1: know, that's you know, true. That's, it. that's true. It's, and everything's you know- just truth. The proof on this is when you can maintain these these friendships long after the working relationship. Yes. I just had a, a friend of mine, uh, Mark Lincoln, uh, he uh, he was in town this week. He he worked on my team back in 2000 and got a hold of me. Hey, I am in town and I got this. Uh, he had an interview out here. We missed each other. We weren't able to make it happen. But I mean, it's still cool that that kind of thing happens. Yeah. And, you know, you build for me, it's almost like these are my old war buddies. You know, we were in the, we were in the foxhole together. It's just like, this guy's like a brother of mine, you know, that I just love. And uh, I uh that we were we I was thinking about him and I started thinking about all the old sales stories and the experiences that we had at work and after work because we had fun in both areas, a lot of fun. and uh you know, it's uh it's fun to think back on those kinds of things, Barry, for sure.
0: it is. and you but you bring that out of people too. That's why you got so many uh friends and uh former uh colleagues and stuff like that that you're still friends with because you you bring it out, you have a comfort about you that if people do that that share that unconditional love it makes it safe for everybody else (laughs) this is
1: such a big deal unconditional love is a big deal these days and especially now you know um one of the things for me at least on my team is that I believe in working really hard, but I also believe that you got to laugh and you got to have fun and you know what I mean? And everything we did, we had a big job to do. It was all Hunter, brand new sales, downtown Chicago. So we had to knock on a bunch of doors, which, Typically isn't all that fun to get all that rejection. <laughs> you know, horrible. So I paired everybody up in teams. And then we went out, uh, we went out in twos and we so we knocked on doors together and we got kicked out of the best places in Chicago. And then <laughs> then we'd come back at the end of the day and tell these stories. You should have seen this guy's face, and <laughs> just and we would laugh That's about great. that stuff. Uh, but but we were getting results too, and it was Not cool when we that. were in it together. We were Not in it only together. That.
0: But if you can succeed at all at door to door sales, that is like heart. That's that's uh, like uh, what do you call that when you go into the army? Uh, boot camp. Yeah, basic training. Camp. Right. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah.
1: Right. The old foot in the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That's gonna make or break you. You know, a you lot know, of people yeah, won't sure. make it. Yeah. Hey, but, buddy. So I I sent you a present. I, I yes, went, you did. We went to Amish country, as you know, oh two weeks ago now, and. Uh, it's just a beautiful, like the best shops in the world. Yeah, that thing cost a fortune to ship.
1: I um, see that. It's right on here. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't even believe you did that. This oh. is exciting.
0: I want you know, to open. I told you. So you got to Monday. I said, you got to wait. Don't open it yet. So the story is Lisa and I are shopping, and this is, I'm not giving away anything. Uh, and just the most quaint, beautiful big shops that you can imagine. Even I never got bored. My brother and I had a ball. With wow. Everybody. Yeah. And um, I'm looking at this one thing and I'm like, man, I really want that. And I, Lisa, you got to come look at this. And, and I'm thinking, and she then verbalized what I just started thinking. She's like, man, that's got Merle written all over it. That, what? And I was like, I was just thinking that I got to buy it for him. Yeah. That's, that's it. Go ahead. Open that oh my up.
1: gosh. Well, okay. This is first. I got to say this, that this is this got here on Monday and you can see this is a giant box. Of very sad. I mean, it, okay, it, you know, stuff shows up at my front door all the time boxes and stuff I'm surprised like that it
0: stays there for five minutes,
1: but look, they're never for me there's no ne- it's never it's always for Anne marie always you know i'm like oh look at this oh and so this huge box shows up yeah, and i go yeah. out there i'm like wouldn't that be cool if that was for me and i i look at it, oh, it is for me <laughs> oh yeah barry said he was sending something so yeah. i pull it into the house and it about drove Anne marie insane i mean she wanted to know what was in there so at least bad. it would
0: be the same way yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so so it's gonna it be is. a pain to open i i admit. oh
1: I thought that I would be able to pull this right out of here, but I'm I'm not. No,
0: you're going to need an
1: exact. All right. right. I got one right here just in case.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's bubble wrapped beyond that. So you got a little bit to do.
1: See what we got here.
0: Okay. And I'm going to hit pause for a second. Hold on. All right. Come on. Let that bad boy look at you. All right, all right,
1: all right. right. Those of you listening,
0: he he got it out of the box and uh, taken off the bubble wrap, and now you're getting a look at it. And uh, we have related items now. I want to mention to Anne Marie, Lisa brought up a great point. Anne Marie, we're not uh, suggesting how you decorate your house at all we thought that maybe maybe you'd want to put that in your uh your kick butt garage with your harley <laughs> and everything <laughs> yeah. this is cool yeah so why don't you describe
1: that
0: yeah so the, most of you are listening there this is a wooden kind of like an antique american flag made of wood heavily shellacked of very muted colors and what are the stars merle what are the stars right on
1: um. What are these things? Bullet, these are- bullet cases. Oh, that is Which, cool. It symbolizes nine millimeters in here.
0: It kind of symbolizes the how we built this country, you know, and uh, and I think it says something about. Uh, the toughness of our country, the importance of uh, how hard we work to get to where we are and how hard we have to work to maintain it. Wow. And we're on a slippery slope of uh, letting go, letting th- letting, taking things for granted and letting things slip through our fingers. And I, to me, that's a symbol of not letting that happen. And so wow. I, I wanted to sh- share with you uh, these are some de- decorations that we are putting up for Labor Day. Uh, This is a wreath that is going on our door, and you saw this. I don't know what you call this, but, you know, it's just going to lean against, like, our pillar outside by the wreath, and we're just going to show off our patriotism in a time and an area where we live where you're not going to see many American flags at all. I think uh, there's a lot of anti-American sentiment around here as there is in California. And I think that that's a damn shame because we are really on a cusp here of taking things way too for granted and trying to undo them into this kind of Marxist thing. And uh, I I think that I feel that there's a, I think that there's a wave, a shift coming. You feel it in California. I mean, people are fed up.
1: I just want to say i'm very moved by this uh i mean i i was i had no idea what what i looked like it was some kind of a you know uh something i would hang on the wall or something from the way it was packaged but i was like what what could this be i had there's no way I could have guessed that that, that was it. it's beautiful, and I, I think love so too, man. I love the stars. I think that I, the way that you just described Meaning. it, I I actually got a big lump in my. I still have a lump in my throat. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I knew you would. I I didn't. I didn't do this to make you cry. I did it because you. I knew you would get out of it. See what I see in it. Dude, it's
1: meaningful. I, I care about this so much. Yeah. <sighs> uh. So very we meaningful, fought to me. so
0: hard for this country for the past 200 plus years, and we took it for granted over just the last few decades.
1: We sure have. We sure yeah. have, Barry. And, you know, as I take a look at what's happening in our country today, as I watch the news, I, I've cried several times this week, as a matter of fact, uh, it's uh, me I mean, what's yeah. happening with our country is uh, a bit overwhelming and nice. uh I certainly feel it. I I love this country. I love what this country stands for. I love I love our story and I hear the story being desecrated all the time now and uh and you know it's making everybody feel unworthy and and, and bad and ashamed of the country and then yes. you see like what's happening right now in Afghanistan and at our at our southern border and these human atrocities uh we we see everybody isolated and masked up and we see we saw the the Capitol building surrounded by razor wire for much of the year. We've seen families breaking up. We've seen friendships, uh, crushed. We yes. see people arguing. We see people literally punching each other in the face on the streets. We see, we see people, uh, uh, living on the streets today. Like that's a normal thing. And it's, it's, it's everywhere. At least around here, I see it everywhere. And, uh, Um, And there seems to be a lack of human compassion going on right now, um, from the bottom all the way to the top of our society. Mm -hmm. We don't care about each other, or at Mm -hmm. least it sure doesn't feel like it.
0: Because they're dividing us, and we're falling for it. We're falling for it, and we're using that... It seems to me that the media and the military industrial complex, the politicians that are embedded into that, that are getting their palms greased, they're all in on this together and they're using what I think Joe Biden had the Uh, I got a lot to say about this, but I think he had the best of intentions and pulling out of this because he couldn't get a straight answer from these generals like are you saying that we're on top of this because you've been saying for decades I've been here in Washington for decades and you've been saying that we're getting on top of this and we're turning the corner so are we or aren't we. Because we're getting out of there, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh my God, he's serious, mm. and so this disaster happens, and the media runs with it. I think literally, what they the the deep embedded politicians had decided that the, the military industrial complex that goes on through each administration, they're you know these are just flybys. These presidents and, and their administrations, they're like, <laughs> you know, mm. they don't really control what's going on. They're they're puppets, and they don't even know it. And uh, so I think it's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like uh, Cuomo in New York. Oh my God, this nursing home scandal! We're never gonna you know, this Democratic Party's never gonna survive this. He, but if we have this girl come out who complained that he grabbed her butt uh, a few years ago, let's let's run with this stuff. Let's push that right. news. Love right. That. So then they uh, throw him under Cuomo under the bus, who was one year ago, a hero, Michael Avenatti, uh, you know, was a hero as well. But in this case, they're, I think they're doing the same thing with Biden. And yeah. that it's like, oh, my God, all right, Joe, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have to, uh, we are going to destroy you right now, or you're going to have to get on board with uh, with uh, this disaster and and the recovery of it. Because when he gave his speech on Tuesday night, I made a quote, I, I, I went back and I re listened to it to, to quote this. He said, because man, I'll tell you what, I almost fell out of my chair. When he said this, he goes, we're going to continue to fight against terrorism with our in quotes, over the horizon counterterrorism capability. As we are so effective at doing all around the world. What that just said to me, and I'm going to say this again, all of a sudden they came up with this new term, over the horizon counterterrorism capability. Yeah. They just invented this. because What they're doing now, what he and the military industrial complex, as far as I'm concerned, what I see is they made an agreement here. Look, we're not going to destroy you if you if we continue our forever war in this way now so we're going to con- you continue to feed us tax dollars in this so-called over the horizon counterterrorism capability this new word um huh. and we we will kind of take it easy on you cuz yeah. were just abs- they've been absolutely destroying them in the media not that his administration doesn't deserve it cuz you mentioned last week hey he's the captain of the football team or or right. uh, the coach or what have you know right. that would be more ap- appropriate um I got a lot more to say, but I want to, but I'm talking too much. You.
1: No, I mean, I, I like what you're saying. It, it, it's, it's true. I mean, ultimately, and he even said it in his speech, uh, but he, he, he sort of flip-flops, but he did say in his speech yes. yesterday that ultimately he's responsible uh, and he is, he's the commander in chief. That, that means, the. and he said this, uh, the buck stops here. Uh, he that said exactly does what that it that about a
0: week ago and then immediately went on to blame the Trump administration for putting this emotion
1: that's the flip-flopping that he's doing is he's saying the buck stops here which is is a good thing for Great any buzzword. president to say but then you actually have to own up to the buck yes. stops here and, yes. and, and take and actually take responsibility um you know i'm sure that if everything had gone well he wouldn't have said well it's because of the trump plan that that everything went well he would have taken credit for that i I personally believe this uh, and i i've i've never uh, been a politician or even i've considered it before but i always believe in management you take responsibility for the things that are ugly that go badly Uh, That's what a good manager does. And you give credit when things go well, you don't take, you don't take credit, you give credit and you take responsibility. And what I'm seeing is just the opposite coming from uh, coming from our leadership. It's not just Joe Biden. It's all of them. Every everyone, nobody is taking responsibility for what's happening over there. And it's unfortunate because they're all responsible for it. It, I wish one of them would 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 own up to the responsibility ourselves secretary of defense uh you know joint chiefs of staff uh you know the the uh the secretary of state all of them seem to be playing the blame game they've 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 blamed the afghans the afghan people the afghan military they blamed the, the americans that are left behind they 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 <laughs> blamed donald trump um they've they always made, blame blamed trump. global warming they've blamed they blamed and blamed and blamed but we'll never be able to get through these situations effectively without taking responsibility and actually driving this bus where it needs to go right now, there's a situation that's been created by this that I think we need to, our leadership needs to get over the politics of this whole thing and 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 start to put their head in the game because they've created a dangerous situation. There are um, a lot of terrorists that just escaped or just got let out of mm-hmm. prison. And now they have some of the highest and most uh expensive and elite military equipment uh, that the world has ever known that's been delivered to them as a gift uh we've we heard that they have more helicopters uh over there now than uh the, the country of australia the the taliban has all of that. And um, my thing is this, Barry, and nobody's talking about this, but I'll bring it up is that if you're the Taliban, and suddenly you get this cache of, of uh, Black Hawk helicopters, (laughs) that's a great thing, but how do you fly them? Yeah like you 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 actually you, you have to be a We've specialist. been training
0: them for 20 years. We haven't been
1: training the Taliban how to fly and by the way um we left uh we actually did not train the Afghan military in an air force. Our air force is the only air force that was over there and that's why everything collapsed when we started to pull out is because The Air Force was providing cover for the Afghan army. So the Taliban didn't have any kind of Air Force whatsoever. They now have an Air Force. We just donated it to them, but I'm telling you this, Barry, they don't know how to fly those planes or those helicopters yet. And I'm also telling you that something like that will attract the people that can fly those airplanes, can fly those helicopters. They will come from all points of the world, including the United States, to fly those for them and they have a limited amount of time to hunt down those things and destroy them before they're used against us. I think that's really, really important.
0: I think they're way more prepared than you give them credit for. This is from Lucas Kuntz, Director of National Security Policy at the American Economic Li- Liberties Project, and a Marine vet of the Iraq and Afghan wars, and running for Senate in Missouri. He did a op-ed in the KC Star, and it was titled, I served in Afghanistan as a U.S. Marine twice. Here's the truth in two sentences. I have the link for it. One, for 20 years, politicians, elites, and D.C. military leaders lied to us about Afghanistan. Two, what happened last week was inevitable, and anyone saying differently is lying to you. Now, quote from them. What you're seeing now is a result of the Taliban getting trained and practiced against the best fighting force in the entire world for 20 years, but they have infinite more resolve than we do. That was their long game all along. This was a cover up by our our politicians and media and media paid no attention to it. All our resources were simply going, to make, going into making the Taliban stronger. The truth is that the Afghan National Security Forces was a jobs program for Afghans, propped up by the U.S. tax dollars, a military jobs program populated by non-military people or, quote, paper forces that really didn't exist, and a bevy of elites grabbing what they could when they could. And it's, he calls it systemic dishonesty the same as in Iraq. And so this is something, this is a pattern. And what I want to get out of this, first of all, our media is so faulty and all that. The media's job has been, it's duty for America has always been to keep us on the straight and narrow, to expose corruption, to expose on truths. And this, they're complicit in it now. Thank God for us as independents to bring this about but this isn't enough, Merle. I mean, whatever, what the media is so good at, along with social media, it's all the same. Is it dividing dividing us and giving us trigger words so that now I'm attacked. So now I got to attack you back. Uh, You tried to impeach my guy. So now I got to try to impeach your guy. And what's lost in it is what we need to do is say the corruption is wholly exposed. What do we do about it? We need our best minds, our, our straightest arrows to get on this. Somehow we have got to unite as independent citizens and stop the craziness, stop the I agree. complete divisiveness, see through it, quit being led yeah. around by our nose rings and right. say, this is about corruption. It's exposed. I'm not letting go of it. This is yeah. about the exposure of the corruption that is permeated through our media, through our military, through our politics, through our businesses, our yes. top end businesses, yes. through the I tech agree. industry. Our, our, our tax, they can't tax us anymore. We're worse than what we fled to, uh, two uh three hundred years ago.
1: Yes. So yeah, you're right. That was lost. No, 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 no. Everything. I agree with everything you just said. And, and especially the la- very last thing that you said, we're worse than where we were over 200 years ago, when we had to fight for our freedom. Yes. Um We, we are now living in that kind of world taxation without representation. I mean, These guys are freaking trying to push through a $3.5 trillion tax bill as we speak, while the world is falling apart all around us, and they're Mm -hmm. not even paying attention to it. They're not paying attention to what's going on over there. Uh, Our our Congress is not paying attention to what's happening in, in Kabul right now. Meanwhile, our allies in the UK and in, in, in Europe, they're all all of their parliaments have met and, and, and we're working overtime trying to figure out how to get their citizens out of Afghanistan. Meanwhile, ours, they were meeting overnight and calling each other, trying to figure out how to get another $3.5 trillion of our tax dollars pushed across the line for their pet projects. Yes, um, yes. It seems to me, and, and Barry, this is the part that's really concerning to me, is that you, you just named a, a whole bunch of things that are going on right now. And it seems to me like the bottom line of the, all of this is that the American citizen is is being left behind. Uh, yeah, doesn't to seem say the like least. The American citizen is actually uh, a care here. It, it it almost seems like every other country's people are. are our government, our federal government cares more about them than they care about our citizens. We're leaving. Look, look, the bottom line of what we're seeing in Afghanistan right now is that there's going to be a whole lot of Americans left behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's no doubt that that's going to happen. And and those people are basically in a hostage situation and we're going to have to deal. That is a very ugly truth right there. But the fact is, is that It doesn't really feel like as a as a country, as a government, that we're like, that should be a number one thing for us. And it's, it doesn't seem like it is, it seems like it's, it's not high on the priority list. It's it's, that's the impression that I'm getting. Um, And it seems like what we're seeing in Afghanistan is sort of a litmus test for everything else that's happening here. Oh
0: yes. Oh yes. And it has, I mean, it's so exactly uh, mirrors uh, Vietnam. I mean, uh, it's yeah. it's like the exact same thing happening all over again. And Iraq is extremely similar as well happens over and over again. And I just, you know, I think Merle, I want to throw this at you as yeah, uh, yeah. the older I get, I, maybe it's cynical or maybe it's the reality. Cause I try not to be cynical. I try to see this objectively. I think the human condition is corruption. I think that we are, I mean, I think I always thought the socialist mentality, the Marxism mentality assumes that people are inherently good. It does. And yes. And I don't believe that. I believe, look at what the, the the system that we set up in this country. I, Damn near miraculous, if you ask me, the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and, you know, the complete foundation, the separation of uh, the powers, the three different uh, governments, and three different uh, branches of yeah. government and right. checks and balances, and yet it's completely corrupted. I'm telling you that no matter how hard we try, it it's always like something, it's always like a grass, glass with a crack in it, that it's going to start leaking. You know it's inevitable, and I think that's a human. Each human being is corruptible.
1: Yeah, uh, you know it's interesting you're bringing this up because actually I totally agree with you. The Bible agrees with you uh, that uh, we we're born sinners as a result of yes the fall of Adam and Eve, and and it's according to the Bible it's 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 something that gets actually into your blood. So the blood of Adam and Eve. Uh, is passed on to us and so as before we even did anything the sin nature is already inside of us like as you're saying we're corrupted already Mm -hmm. it's just like have you ever noticed how easily a little toddler, just learning how to speak, can lie about the cookies <laughs> that he didn't eat? He's got That's chocolate all over point. his face and everything. It's like, wh- where did you come up with that? <laughs> That's a really good point. You know, and and so we're we're born that way. Yeah. And so we're born into this condition. It's not necessarily that you know, in in our Bible, Jesus didn't die for our sins like the verb, he died to eliminate sin, uh, the noun, mm. and that's what we were born with. And and so <clears throat> it, it it is, it's, it's like we always say, absolute power corrupts absolutely, because that's human nature. <laughs> we're, we're mm. born into this whole situation. And we, all of us uh, are, all of us have fallen short. Mm-hmm. That's just the, the bottom line. That's I sure have hint. Uh, none of yeah. us, none of us, except for one, according to the Bible, Jesus Christ is, has, uh, has lived a perfect life. We just can't do it because we're fallible human beings. And mm-hmm. you're right, it, as we take a look at what's happened to our government, we have the checks and balances in there but the human beings are crafty they're going to figure out a way around those you are going to go under it over it or or around it you know that's that's where we're we're tenacious Or put
0: loopholes in our constitution yeah. in the first place Well, we yes. did
1: you know i mean this this is interesting cuz we talk about conservative versus uh liberal and progressive and all that but mm-hmm. you know conservative actually means Conserving the original intent of the mm-hmm. Constitution, mm-hmm. and that I'm a conservative, mm-hmm. and I I believe in those original intents. But a progressive believes in the progressive revelation of of the Constitution. In other words, it's a it's like a living being that's evolving, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's the slippery slope right there, Barry. I,
0: well i could see it you know i can understand that i can understand the attraction to that oh this isn't the same too. world that it was absolutely years ago. i get well, that.
1: well this is this is how we got but our bureaucracies said, right
0: <clears throat> yeah you said something very important one word you said the original intent of right. the
1: constitution i agree right. with
0: that completely yes. intent is a very important word
1: it is and here's the thing is we try. We have a lot of antagonists here in the United States that will say, well, okay, they wrote this, but they still had slavery, right? And mm-hmm. then they were hypocrites. No, mm-hmm. no, they weren't hypocrites. Here's the thing is that the, the, we set a goal with our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence that's so far out there. That we, I mean, you hear that you, you shoot for the stars, you might hit the moon. That's really what it is. There'd never been a government that had ever attained anything according to what the Declaration and Constitution are. Would never even come close. But we're right. aiming for that. Uh, that that's our that's what our aim is. And as a result, it has caused tremendous benefit to the entire world. When you talk about slavery in general. Um, there were slaves all over the world at the time that America started in 1776. That's still, is. still so are. Correct. Yes. The, the fact is, is that America and the UK were at the forefront of destroying the international legalized slave trade. That's what they did. No one else had ever done that. It was a result of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and the seeds of that success were built into that. We're missing that point. People aren't being educated on that. And as a result, there's all this animosity towards America regarding our history when we actually have this glorious history, Barry.
0: Oh, I completely agree.
1: It's oh, uh, too bad, though. Wait, I wanted to get back to Dr. something you that you ahead. said uh, about uh, it was inevitable. I think I don't know if you said it that way, but the, that's what, what um,
0: that's that's what uh, I'm trying to find his name now. Um, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Lu- Lucas Kuntz, the ex-Marine, that's what he said. It was ah, absolutely gotcha. inevitable.
1: Well, and, and I, 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 you know, maybe you're right. I have no idea. You and I aren't there. We have to just depend on what we hear. Right. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I and I, I heard Joe Biden. I, I watched his speech yesterday. I, did you have a chance to see him Not speak yesterday? No. It was. Uh, it, I think that was one of his toughest um, outings since mm. he started. As oh, president. that's saying a lot. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was kind of ugly. Um, first, I'll, I'll say this: that the the press has changed towards the Biden administration. Uh-huh. They're now. Giving him cahoots. the hardball. they' yep. they're giving him the hardball questions now that they never gave him before, and his administration. They were
0: given those orders, as we know. yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yes, they were. And so I heard Joe Biden say this. He said, as a as a student of history, he said, there's never been a conflict where people are able to get, Guarantee that their people can get out. That just doesn't happen. Mm. And I had to take issue with that because mm-hmm. that's just not the truth. The truth is, just like Vietnam, we're not going to get all of our people out of there. He's right about that. Um, that did happen in history. However, if you go back to World War II and you take a look at Japan, Germany after World War II, we were able to get all all of our people out of there that wanted to come. A lot of people didn't want to come. Mm -hmm. And it's because we won those wars. Mm -hmm. When you win, everything's different, right? Right. So it's not like like every war that happens that you go to, you can't get your people out and they're stranded and they're going to be killed because they're left behind. It's only when you lose. Mm -hmm. And that's what the problem is, is that we lost. I mean, if you take a look at what happened in Afghanistan, we spent trillions of dollars over there. Mm-hmm. We the 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 country is devastated. We made might have had some short term gains, but it's a long term loss, and we've got a black eye as a reputation. It's a farce, yeah. and we've made. And the world is much more dangerous now as a mm-hmm. result. Mm-hmm. And so we lost. And and we let's just call a spade a spade on this mm-hmm. one. When you lose a war, uh, atrocities happen, and that's mm-hmm. why. We have to have when we that's why, you know, we need to start having conversations about what wars we really need to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And did we really need to be in Afghanistan and Iraq? I of have course to say not. That it doesn't. From the very beginning, from from day one, it didn't make any sense. No,
0: it didn't. And Merle, <laughs> I I I've said this last week and I'll say it again. OK, first of all, yes, uh, Biden's at the uh, at the head figure of this. He's like the CEO of a company. But the board of directors really is in power, you know? Yeah, well, right. that's if true. he really is uh, at the head of this really responsible. Then he needs to bring charges against these generals that's uh, right. for treason. And I, yeah. I mean that we need to, we need to start taking this corruption seriously. And the funny thing is it's not funny at all, but a lot of people seem to think there's a big faction of this country called progressives that think that if we make the government even bigger, that we're going to solve this problem, I, I believe exactly the opposite government yes. is way out of control, way Blowing. out of control. It needs to be more nimble, uh, needs to, uh, not be the largest employer in right. America. That's for damn sure. Right. Uh, it needs to be much smaller. We need to make a movement in this direction. I want to uh, share something. This is uh, kind of out of left field, but I wanted to make sure I got this out. Crystal Ball uh, with uh, Sagar and Crystal yeah. Yeah. said uh, a few days ago, she quoted Obama's memoir. So this isn't me talking. And I think I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but uh She said in Obama's memoir, it said, being in politics for so long, Biden saw through the games the generals played. He witnessed young, naive Obama come in and get bamboozled. He said Obama said that Biden was furious over the intimidation and got two inches from Obama's face and said, don't let them jam you, man. And he also fought with Hillary, Obama and Robert Gates over this, over the generals bamboozling. Obviously but Biden was unsuccessful. He uh and this was what this is uh now this is uh, crystal's theory on what on, on, on uh, Biden's mindset? He said he was also said to have seen through the lies of the Afghan government as well. So, Crystal theorizes that Biden was also, he felt that he was looked down upon by Obama, Hillary, and all the friends. I think he was. I think he was too. I think it was quite obvious, especially she didn't make this point. But remember how long it took Obama to back Biden for president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was
1: like his last resort. Also, remember that Obama sent him over to uh um the Ukraine for like three years so that he would just <laughs> that we never heard from him for like three years that so he corrupted an entire nation. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about that.
0: All right, <laughs> I just want to finish this up a couple <laughs> oh, seconds. <sentences>. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, so he felt looked down upon and dismissed. So he had an intense desire to one up Obama. Uh Crystal states that a couple of other examples, such as passing on a bigger stimulus package than Obama and being able to work more in a bipartisan fashion than Obama, which Obama mm. was terrible at Obama. Wow. Soon as he got in, do there, Biden
1: doing any better.
0: But Obama went in and shut his doors and, and yeah. dissed the Republican Party from the very day one. Um, so it seemed yes. like a pretty insightful explanation for the uncharacteristic move by Biden to pull out of Afghanistan. He wanted to do something rather historic. That was his big move. And it, it was I think it was the best of intentions. But my God, I don't think he saw how deep, how deep the tentacles were.
1: So here's a couple of things, Barry, that I I mean, because I've been looking at this all week too, and um, and it's it's been it's been disheartening. But um one thing that I heard that I'd really like to get more information on is that um there there really wasn't any any apparently we had a deal to move out of there by May. And yes. if if you take a look at what was happening on that map of, you know, uh, of, I don't know if you've seen this map where everything starts to turn red as the Taliban takes over the entire mm-hmm. country. There's a timeline where it really starts to happen in June. Mm-hmm. And uh, but nothing up until that point, everything was held at bay. I just wonder why, because I, I was hearing yesterday and it was Joe Biden speaking about how May first. Can you imagine if I would have said that I was going to delay the departure? I'm just wondering, wonder why if we had an agreement to get out in May, why didn't we just get out in May? I I don't. I'm kind of confused on why we didn't do that. And it seems like, I mean, hindsight's 2020, right? Seems like we would have done that. We would have been in a we wouldn't have had to do all the iterations that we're doing right now. I could
0: theorize that though, Merle. It's these generals who are trying their very best to keep the forever war going. Now, first they're saying, Oh, yeah, we're winning this war. Yeah, totally winning this war. Then it's oh, we gotta get out in May. Well, we can't quite get out in May. They know it's the disaster that's gonna happen. Um, I think that that was the struggle that has been going on this whole time.
1: It seemed like and again, I feel like I I'm I don't I've done a lot of reading on this and looking, but I don't have all the facts. I don't I don't know that anybody does, Um, but it just seems like. If that the situation was exasperated by that decision to extend Mm -hmm. it out and then and then the the actual plan of pulling out the military before pulling out the civilians. I've never heard of that before, Mm -hmm. Um, but um, I I think this is going to be something that is going to have some very long lasting repercussions. Here's one of the repercussions that I'm looking at right now, Barry, and Mm -hmm. I've been looking at this for a long time, which is Taiwan and taiwan is in the crosshairs of uh, china and the oh the, yeah the thing that's been protecting taiwan is is the threat that if taiwan is hassled in any way that the united states will show up and defend taiwan um the the um the defense minister of china back in 2003 was talking about taiwan uh ho um uh, chi hodian is his name and he was saying that their their plan was to use Taiwan as a way to draw the United States into a conflict that they oh, can't God. win. Right. But here's the deal is that the United States just proved that they don't have an appetite to do anything like that. And it seems to have left Taiwan in a very sticky situation. In fact, what I'm hearing is that the threats towards Taiwan from China have escalated this week in proportion to what's happening in afghanistan now mm. taiwan is a gigantic tech center that mm. is a, a big big strategic benefit to the united states i would keep an eye on that and watch what happens
0: i'm more i'm more concerned about the immediate immediate which is i think all along when uh the democratic party anointed biden as uh their figurehead over by the way over tulsi gabbard who Who check marked everything off of their woke list? A woman of color, being Hawaiian, a woman, and uh, but she couldn't. There was one thing she
1: didn't check. Yep, that was being part. She would not take corporate funding. Tulsi Gabbard is a liberal. She's a classic liberal. Like you are. They were looking for a leftist. That's, yes, that's, absolutely. What, that's where she, it, and what we were finding out according to that dogma is mm-hmm. it doesn't all those other things. Like she's a woman of color and mm-hmm. all these other things. None of that matters at
0: that point. No, not in her case, but it would
1: not in the
0: left category. There you go. Right. So what I'm worried about is I don't think anybody ever thought Biden would actually make it through this four years of presidency. Right. And, and and now Kamala Harris, did you see the latest polls that she is the most disliked VP, uh, first year VP since uh, Gore, since Al Gore? Mm I, mean, that was a I that's hard to believe.
1: Ago. I didn't know Gore was that, uh, that I didn't hated. Either. As a, I thought, people liked him actually. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was that uh, either. the guy that was the VP for uh, George Bush, the first one that spelled potato uh, wrong. Oh, uh, yeah, what was that guy's name? Quail. Well, Dan Quail, Quail. Quail Dan Quail. Quail, yeah, Quail yeah, no one liked right. that guy.
0: No, he was a joke, <laughs> he was a national joke. But now, look, I'm telling you, this is this is the plan all along. Uh, so. American people spoke, Uh, you know, Harris, Kamala Harris didn't make it through the primaries uh, for very long whatsoever. She she didn't get
1: to to the first one. She didn't even make it to the first one.
0: There you go. And Well, she's going to be our president.
1: Can you believe this? <laughs> this is this is the what what is it's like uh we're we're in another world here. This it's is it's out of the frame panel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah it's awful. So I,
1: I, I mean I can't even imagine um what uh what that would be like. I think we're gonna find out. I I mm-hmm. agree with you. It, mm-hmm. interesting thing, this week, you know where she was? In, yes.
0: Where I got. Yes Saigon.
1: Yep. Yes. She was in Saigon and just to your point how weirdly similar this is mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And the the collapse of uh of of Afghanistan. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know um th- this whole thing with uh, Kamala though is 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 very interesting because if you take a look at I I, I tell you Barry, take a look at Joe Biden's speech yesterday. Um I've never I think that somebody may have coached him because you know how he gets his words all jumbled up and everything, yeah. even though We're he's not. reading
0: from a teleprompter. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I think they slowed the teleprompter way down mm. because he is talking like this the entire wow. time. Yeah, And, uh, and at one point uh, he says, um okay and he's 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 looking at like you said he's looking at he's got a notebook he's looking Mm -hmm. at his notes the whole Mm -hmm. time and then he says okay i've been instructed to call on oh my god so and so Oh. And then so these people are supposed to be friendly, dude. The questions coming back from the, the so-called friendlies mm-hmm. were
0: hardcore. They turn they're uh, throwing he, them under
1: the bus. Yeah. And so everyone that he called on. And the interesting thing is that uh, and, and, and Tucker Carlson brought this up, the questions that were coming from the news media yesterday. The first one was, as you take a look at this. Are you reconsidering sending people in right now to, you know, sending a contingent in to make sure everything's safe? If you notice, it, uh, as chucko was, was pointing out, it seems like the press is completely lined up with the industri- the, the industrial military complex. Mm-hmm. And they're trying and they're pushing and they're framing the questions to make it very hard mm-hmm. for him to say that he's not going to send these people yeah. back. And I thought that was really interesting, but they were hardcore questions. Mm-hmm. The last question, and he, he he seemed like a deer in the headlights every time he stumbled over his words as usual. But mm-hmm. the last one was the most interesting, and he he he. I saw him close his notebook, and then he goes, "I'm gonna call on." the most interesting person I think is in the room. And he calls on Peter Ducey from Fox news. That's a really weird thing for him to do that. Yep. And to say that before he calls yep. on him, because it's really been an adversarial relationship and he yep. never really lets him ask these questions. And uh, for some reason, he, 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 he must've gone off script there and, and called, called yep. on Ducey and Ducey lambastes them. Um, and it, wow. it and, and to the point where he's, he's, and Ducey's asking him about are you taking responsibility for the deaths that happened today? And Joe Biden tries to turn it around and say, No, let me ask you a question. What do you think? And, and and Ducey's not letting him ask the question. He's 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 pounding his question in there. So Joe Biden, in his frustration, grabs a hold of his notebook and he just puts his head down like this on oh and the micro, and he's just he's got this, and he just Listens to the question, and then slowly says, well, "I, what I, what I think is," and he da- answers it in a very feeble, nonsensical mm. way. I've never seen a president look like that before. I've never seen a president drop his head during a question like that mm-hmm. before. He's holding on to this notebook like it's his his uh, security blanket. You got to see this, Barry. Uh, it was it was a stunning could you see moment. The, could you see the wire coming off his back? <laughs> I right. So I, I, I they did a good job of hiding that. But I mean, it didn't look good. And to your point, it looks like he's done. I, I mean, know, he doesn't have any more gas in him right now. Agreed. Agreed. And and I, it's unfortunate. It, it, it looks like. But the Twenty Fifth Amendment is how you get somebody out that's not in their faculties, and yes. that means the entire cabinet has to vote to 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 remove him, and that could be a very tough order. To, I don't to, for think that so. to happen. It, I it, don't it, think so. I think that's that, part of the plan. It, it it could be. It could be. We'll we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. It. I, I. And I also wonder about impeachment as well. I mean, uh, of course, the Republicans would be motivated to do that, but I wonder if. Democrats would be motivated to jump into that just to make that change. Probably. I you know, I
0: think there's the underlying government that's more at work here than uh, I think you're right. If, yeah. Yeah. I think and right. I know that sounds way conspiracy, but mm. I think we just saw complete evidence of it with this whole thing that transpired. And yeah. I just want to just I just want to hammer home that we need to get very anti-corruption. Get tired of hearing the noise, get tired of being. People trying to divide us, get tired of just hearing from the far left and the far right, block it out, just get tired of it and get tired of the corruption, because that's what goes on beneath the as a result of the smokescreen.
1: I I just want to say I think about the people that served in Afghanistan and I can remember being on an airplane and some people came in from the military and we all stood up and clapped for them and yeah, we were, were all very yeah. proud of them and uh and and i i still feel the same way towards our military and and the the fighting people that go out there but I, I i feel for them right now especially because these people went and they 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 Many of their friends that were right next to them were killed. Many of them have come home and they remained missing a limb or something like that, or just have the memories of, of what they did and what they left behind. And yeah. And to see the images that they're seeing over there for people that they fought and died for those people have got to be very devastated by this. And um, I would imagine that they probably need their friends and family more than anything else right now to get through this. And I also yep. wonder how much damage this has done to future people that would want to join the military because yeah. who, who would want to join? I mean, it's almost like a, like what, what, <laughs> It seems it's like, like an extension
0: league. of the attitude of defunding the police. It's
1: yeah, kind of... yeah, I totally agree. It's we've got an uphill battle going forward and things seem to be getting darker but uh I I still have hope and uh as we take a look at what's happening here in California with this whole recall that's going on Barry it's heating up man. <clears throat> I mean yeah. we're coming down to the wire this this thing is going to happen on September fourteenth, the recall vote, and uh, it's in it's it's in the margin of error. It's it's That's neck what and I hear. neck right now. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the thing that has me very con- con- concerned because just uh, just this week in Torrance, there was a a person that I guess fell asleep in their car, and they the police uh, came, and the guy had three hundred ballots inside of his car, and a, oh and a loaded God. and a loaded pistol, and uh, and various drugs. And so you know the whole thing is being done with mail-in ballots, Barry. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't realize this. And so you know we already have. It looks like that there's going to be some cheating going on here. And uh, I wouldn't concentrate I'm, I'm on that. Concerned about? Well, you know it's it's already happening. Where we're seeing.
0: I know that's all the things, right's going to talk about Happening. What you guys
1: really got to do? It's not just the right. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a right thing. I think it's a. I think it's an American thing we have to we do have to I, I think the thing that's dangerous is confidence in our in our electoral system and I oh think I totally that, agree that the opening up the door to to corruption, which mail in ballots opens that door wide. Um, and in and, and many different ways, and, and both sides, left and right, agree on that. We can look at the records on that. That's true. We That's important. That's really, really important. It is
0: important. It's very important. I, I completely agree. But in the more immediate is, I, I know it's going to happen is now people are starting to panic in California. And since it's so crazy far left over there, the unmotivated are finally going to get motivated and Newsom's going to win. Regardless, and, and everybody's going to concentrate on cheating, which I guess in the end is going to be the best outcome you can get so that we finally do try to clean up uh, the whole voting situation. But I feel pretty confident that uh, because of the panic that's going on, that uh, it'll finally motivate the previously unmotivated
1: left. What, what, what uh, you, you mentioned panic. What what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, no, there's they're... a lot of areas of panic. But oh, what...
0: I hear that uh, the whole thing is being uh construed as, uh, oh, my God, Trump is going to in- invade California now. Mm-hmm. This whole Trump movement. <laughs> and boy, as soon as you put his name on something, it gets everybody over there really fired up. So I, I, I wonder about takes.
1: that. I wonder about that only because what we've seen in MSNBC, CNN and all the rest that the whole Trump trigger word is not working like it used to work uh, now that he's not in that. office yeah. and you know when I see like the, uh, oh the because we see the commercials all the time, the Republican take, takeover, Elizabeth Warren of all people mm-hmm. uh, yeah, is her. somebody that uh, Newsom is using a lot and she just doesn't seem effective to me, I mean mm-hmm. maybe it's just because it's me but just seeing her every, tw- every t- 11 minutes come on and say the same thing about the Trump takeover when Trump's not the president anymore, doesn't doesn't seem that effective to me. How do, uh, does
0: anybody take
1: her seriously? That's I mean, the thing. I, I, that's jerk. what I'm saying. She doesn't oh. seem like. Well, I don't know why they thought that her coming from you know the New England area is gonna be <clears throat> is gonna be the one the, the claiming not, to the be a minority for, for for yeah for California and and yeah that's the thing and so it doesn't that the whole Trump. Takeover doesn't seem to that narrative doesn't seem to make sense out here because what you have is this is a very a democratic state and mm-hmm. there's no way that the republicans in the state are the ones responsible solely for this recall if you take a look at the stats and the recall is about half and half we're calling for his recall so what you have to do is convince all these democrats that it really is a trump takeover and with all those democrats being a part of the take the the recall it's the real issue isn't trump the real issue is a, a overreach of authority, definitely, by our, by our governor, and also a "do as I say, not as I do." That really totally. ticked off the Democrats, and now to but. reclassify it and label it as a Trump takeover—that might work on some people. Granted, I don't think that's. It shouldn't That's why it's still razor thin. When you when you take a look at the fact that. If he loses, a Republican is gonna win. And the fact that it's still razor thin tells speaks volumes to me. It does about what's happening here in California with the Democrats and their and, and, and their uh uh are pulling away from Gavin Newsom. That, that's that's no, really I, what's I totally happening. agree. But it's not a Republican thing, it's actually a Democrat thing that's happening out
0: here. But additionally, I also I think that Newsom's gonna win um Fairly easily in this, because if nothing else, because it's Larry Elder, a Republican, a pretty far right Republican that is running against, if it were a moderate Democrat, I I would say probably a good chance that moderate Democrats going to win, win out in that
1: thing, but you might have a point there. You yeah, might have a point. Well, we'll
0: yeah. see. We got to lighten this up and, uh, but I don't have anything from the lighter side and we, we sure as heck weren't very light in the last uh, 45 minutes or so, but, um, uh, uh it, it got some party words for us and we're going to go on into our after show and talk some nonsense for a bit.
1: Well, I did want to say that uh, we had um, CyberTalk TV. We just came out with a new episode of CyberTalk TV. This one was a... Uh, panel discussion that we had the title of it is uh, teen harm suicides associated with addictive and harmful social media apps and the law so we we had two guests on the show you can pick this up on cybertalktv.tv the latest episode which uh, we had tina bruno uh, she's the executive director from david's legacy foundation which is it's a foundation centered on preventing team uh, teen child harm and suicides associated with cyber bullying really cool organization perry mm-hmm. that there's actually organizations out there that can help people through this uh that can can help uh uh, uh deal with this one of the things i learned from her uh when, it, when thinking about bullying uh compared to like hey i dealt with bullies but the bullies that these kids are dealing with today um they 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 come into their houses they go into their bedrooms with them because mm-hmm. these guys these people are carrying their 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 smartphone with them all the time so they can never get away from their bullies they don't want to tell their parents about it because guess what they'll take their smartphone away so mm-hmm. they they constant. so this is what's causing these things to happen and uh oh. so we had her on and then we also had another panelist he's a former assistant Texas uh, Attorney General Brian Cummings, and we had him discussing legal remedies for people, including teens and children who are harmed or die as a result of these addictive and harmful apps on social media platforms. Very interesting discussion. I think in the end, Very it important, actually gives a lot of hope uh, for people that are a part of this. There's there's great education available to people. There's there's a way out of this, which uh, which is what we uh, what we were able to bring out in the show.
0: That's good. It's almost always going to come back to education. And, you know, we're going to have to realize that uh, social media and our parents raising their kids and have to have to take more responsibility in this. And We have to realize that social media is uh, you, you need to be a little bit more adult before you're prepared to deal with it. You know, a little yeah, bit more yeah. of development has 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 to have gone on, and it has to be dealt with in moderation. That's a, it's personal accountability again.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's like it's like drinking. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah. in moderation, it's fine, but if you overdo it, you're gonna be very uh, in the ditch, right? Yeah, yeah you're gonna hurt yeah. yourself, and uh, yeah. and that's it what is addictive too. So yeah.
0: it's a very good analogy.
1: Yeah. All right. Yep. Hey,
0: with that, we should. Oh, unless you got something else? No, no, that's it. All right. All right, guys, we're going to go into the after show, uh, which will come up down in the corner of your screen if you care to uh, listen to some nonsense. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good week. (laughs)